Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Come on in, pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller, and we're excited to have you here with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Cam is off today, so that means I'm grinding the beans, pouring the coffee, frothing the milk. So pray for us. <laughs> Dr. Marlon Delatore will be with us here in a few minutes as we wrap up our series on the essential aspects of evangelization. Then at about 8.20, our good friend and Mercedarian priest, Father Daniel Bowen, will be here in the cafe to talk with us all about the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Dave. You start us with a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for another day. We thank you for your goodness and for your love and for your mercy. For all the ways that you are sustaining us. Lord, we ask for hearts on fire for you. For ears attentive to your word. For eyes that see you everywhere and for hands that serve you. Lord, we ask for just the ability to, to, to know what you're calling us to and to do it fervently, to have great faith in your goodness and hope in the resurrection. We praise you and we thank you. And we offer all those who have asked for our prayers. And we pray just for Mary's intercession as she always continually guides us and mothers us. Um, thank you, Mom. We offer all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> this wondrous gift, the theme of this year's Columbus Catholic Women's Conference coming up this Saturday mm -hmm. at the Ohio Expo Center great lineup of speakers. You can go online to sinkaprilradio.com for all the details and to register. And guys, don't forget, and women don't forget, the guys have a conference also coming up the following weekend, Saturday, February 24th, also at the Ohio Expo Center. The Eucharist, Go Deeper. You can also register and get more information at sinkaprilradio.com. Do you think what we're going to have at the booth is a secret, Dave? I think so. It is a let's, secret? Yeah, let's surprise them. Okay, so I won't tell them. Yeah, let's keep it a secret. Okay, it's a surprise. It's a pretty big deal. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think it's great. So, yeah, make sure you visit us. We'll be, of course, as we usually do, broadcasting live for those that aren't able to be at the conference. Or if uh, if you're a woman and you want to listen to the men's conference, that's your opportunity to participate in the men's conference. Guys, the same. If you want to hear what's going on, with the ladies that day, you can tune into St. Gabriel Radio and catch all the action. But then we also have a table over in the vendors area mm -hmm. with a special surprise. I'll be there. Come say hi. Last year we did cake. Yeah, that's that's kind of hard to beat. For Mother Angelica's birthday. But you know what else? What else? Don't worry, because I think we'll have cake today. Seriously? Well, because... What are we celebrating today? Your birthday. Fat Tuesday. My birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dave. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. How about that on uh, 
on Fat Tuesday. It's a good day to have a birthday. Yeah, so friends, (laughs) if you could uh, spare a prayer, please, uh, yeah, offer a prayer for me. Please pray for my parents who, uh, for their souls, I'm very grateful to both of them and then also for my wonderful family mm-hmm. who blesses me and loves me well. So did you get a chance to celebrate over the weekend or is that going to be today? Oh no, we do like a birthday novena typically. No way. Not quite a novena, but we, yeah, we spread it out some. Uh, weekends are, if our birthdays fall during the week, it's a little bit easier to celebrate over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so ice cream cake nice (laughs) yeah so good so good and we went out for dinner and then tonight uh should be gifts and i think we have ribs on on the menu yeah that is a great way to celebrate especially on fat tuesday (laughs) (laughs) i put the fat in fat tuesday and i'm so pumped so thank you thank you all uh our gospel reading today is from mark Chapter 8, verses 14 to 21. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, and they only had one loaf with them in the boat. Jesus enjoined them, Watch out, guard against the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They concluded among themselves that it was because they had no bread. When he became aware of this, he said to them, Why do you conclude that it is because you have no bread? Do you not yet understand or comprehend? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes and not see, ears and not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many wicker baskets full of fragments you picked up? They answered him, Twelve. When I broke the seven loaves for the four thousand, how many full baskets of fragments did you pick up? They answered him, Seven. He said to them, Do you still not understand? All right. Hmm. Right away, I go back to just about any math class I ever had. Okay. <laughs> Where you kind kind of shrink down when the teacher's asking questions. And it's like, please don't call on me. Please don't call on me. Please don't call on me. <laughs> and of course, you get called on. Right. And you think you have the right answer. Then he's like, you, what? You still don't get it? You still don't understand? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's never happened to anyone else. <laughs> I, I think some of us really relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then right away, it, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread. So, mm-hmm. you know, strike one. You know, they had a bunch of baskets left over, right? And they brought one loaf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Jesus right away kind of comes at him with the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And I think what he's getting at here is hunger's not your biggest issue here. Mm. And he shifts gears to talk about the Pharisees and leaven. And it's what can happen to your spirit is more important than bodily hungry. Mm -hmm. Hunger. Hungry. 
So that's that's what uh, that's what I'm getting. But I'm also a, a slow student sometimes. So I'm right there with the disciples on this one. You so. know what I love about Lexio Divina? When I read it at first, I was like, what the heck? What am I supposed to get from this? And then, you know, as you sit with it, the Lord's just so good. He's like, let me enlighten you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I love that we can always get something different. And when this, this struck me today, the part that says, and do you not remember when I broke the five loaves? And I was really struck by the word remember. And it just made me think, you know, in those moments of life where things don't seem to be going well, uh, like maybe you forgot the bread <laughs> or whatever it may be, uh, Jesus is asking us, do you not remember the goodness that I've shown you in your life? How that I've either multiplied things or fed you when you're hungry or whatever the case may be. And he, this seems like he's entreating us here. Do you not remember? And again, I'm just kind of going back to, I guess, this idea in um, Ignatius spirituality of storing up consolation in the midst of desolation and, and in the midst of it, just trying to remember the goodness of God or whenever we're faltering, whenever we're unsure, uh, whenever things get really rough to remember that he's a provider mm-hmm. and that his mercy abounds. So I think that's what I was struck by today. I like that. That's, um, will be a good segue into our discussion of, uh, the reconciliation, uh, sacrament of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Also, I've been reading father, uh, Mike Lump over at St. Michael's puts together a weekly Lexio Divina, um, package uh it appears in a number of our bulletins uh around the diocese i had never heard this though um so it's a great insight that uh, father lump is providing here one might wonder why jesus told his disciples to be to be aware of the leaven of the pharisees and of herod to the jewish person leaven was a sign of evil it was a piece of dough left over from a previous baking in due course, it fermented, and this fermented dough became leaven. Fermentation was associated with decomposing rot. Hmm. Jesus warned his disciples to avoid the evil influence of the Pharisees and of Herod, who sought their own counsels rather than the will of God. As the apostles continued to worry about the lack of bread, Jesus reminded them of his miraculous provision of bread in the feeding of the 4,000. So I had never associated leaven with evil. Mm-hmm. I looked at it, hey, leaven's a good thing. If you're going to make a loaf of bread, right. toss in, you know, you have to have some leaven there, right? Mm-hmm. So, but nice insight from Father Lump. Yeah, it's a good one. So we're going to pick up the conversation with Dr. Marlon Delatore. We're wrapping up our conversation on evangelization. I am going to pour some beverages And we'll be right back. A prayer for Ohio. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all of your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcome Jesus into our broken world. 
Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and walking with pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, you are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. I'm Lori Crock, and this is a Holy and Healthy Minute. Courage is an amazing virtue that can move us out of our comfort zone and into new and exciting actions for God. A courageous action is both holy and healthy and may begin to reshape the way we think, pray, and love. From Sacred Scripture, Matthew 14. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. These are powerful, life-changing words from Jesus. It is I. He is there with us in the moments of suffering and joy, challenge and triumph. Courage dispels fear and strengthens us to care for others, with Jesus working in us and through us. We need courage to stand up for our beliefs at school, at work, in recreation, and in socializing. Courage helps us to bravely share our faith and our love for Jesus. Let us pray. Jesus, strengthen us to courageously share our love for you with others. Amen. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and we're welcoming Dr. Marlon Delatore back to the cafe. Good morning, doctor. Good morning, Dave and Amanda. Great to be with both of you again. Yeah, thank you. Dr. Marlin, we've been going on this excellent journey through the evangelization process. And so just as a reminder for all of our friends, we've been talking about the three-part method of evangelization, selected, empowered, and sent. Last Tuesday, we had finished up the last one on sent, where we realized that we are actually the caregivers of the gospel. And today we get to jump into the four major parts of the evangelization process, being Mm -hmm. introduction, gospel, invitation and commitment, and then the last follow-up. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Marlon, where do you want to start today? Well, I mean, let's, let's start with the, uh, the, the whole premise of, of the introduction. So when, you're, when you want to evangelize and you want to lay out a groundwork for any human being uh, to get to know Christ, one, first and foremost, is you're introducing the person to a sense of dignity, awe, and wonder. And what I mean by that is this. You can't just all of a sudden... Uh, present a message and expect the person to absorb it or to even trust it. And so what you're trying to do is respect the dignity of the person by uh, speaking with him 
in a very direct but honest and loving language. <clears throat> what I mean by that is, all right, have you, uh, do you have an awareness of, of somebody who is, is grand, who's, who's um, grand and, and powerful and really all-encompassing? And so you use language like that, you're leading to, towards God himself. And so when you're introducing any element of faith, first and foremost, you want to have an awareness of who the person is, respect their dignity, and really walk them to something that is beyond them if possible. And it's, it may sound difficult, but it really isn't, because somebody is very curious to know, all right, who is the supreme being? What is he? How is he? Uh, is there a God? If God exists, and how does he speak with me? Uh, how do you proclaim God in your life, or how do you have a relationship with him? Show me. This is all part of the introduction, and this may take some time. And so when you're engaging someone in faith, uh, it's really important that you respect where their position is, what their understanding is, and inquire a bit as to their perception of who God is in their daily life. But this is literally part of the, the major process of evangelization. It also opens the door for uh, an entry towards the charisma, because people tend to somehow confuse charisma and gospel or evangelization all into one. It's actually a process. And so when you're introducing the concept of God, you're hoping that the person recognizes, one, their self-worth, their dignity, and who they are uh, as a child, as a person. And then from there, is there someone who actually made me to be what I am? Is there someone that I can talk to? And obviously, we turn to our Lord with that. Hmm. Now, Doctor, we're speaking with Dr. Marlon Delatore. Doctor, have you looked, I, I, I imagine that you've been in situations where that introduction can either be somewhat corrective, you know, when, when you're introducing the concept of God as some sort of uh, corrective conversation, or otherwise an invitation to discover something more in life. It, oh, it, can, it can be either or. I mean, the, the, the introduction uh, takes on two veins. The first thing is your initiation or the second day is the person initiating you. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. so this happens quite often. And so, say, if someone talks to you, Dave, all of a sudden, say, you know what, I, I hear you on the radio, and you talk about God a lot. Could you tell me what you believe in God? Or that's the person initiating to you. They're mm-hmm. very curious because they've heard something. Right. And so that message has somehow piqued their, 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 their human psyche, their dignity. Uh, now they're attracted towards you versus where you come up to a, to a person, randomly speaking, and you just present yourself, hello, my name is Dave Osborne, and, and you know what, uh, I, I know that you were curious about this, so would you like to d- discuss more about this concept of God? And so either or, you're addressing the census, and so it can be either or, Dave, mm-hmm. easily. And a lot of times, based on our environment, uh, people will ask you, or they're curious as to, as to why you believe what you believe, or a true story, simply, I was walking down the street one day, and a person asked me, why are you smiling? Literally. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know what, well, let me, if you've got the time since you asked, can I, can I tell you why I'm smiling? And so that opened up a whole dialogue on the personal relationship with God and how that leads to the Son and how the Son uh, brought his, uh, his salvific act to us to save us, to allow us to see the dignity of each other. And he just found that fascinating. All it was because he saw me smile. Mm-hmm. And so th- these are things that can happen. And this is all part of the introduction, because the introduction paves the way for someone to respond and to read and to embrace what the gospel message is all about. They've got to see some human element in order to unwrap the Word of God. And and this is all just a beautiful thing that we encounter on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. 
So then, Dr. Marlon, would you say maybe a good summary for what we've just talked about is, is really we just have to meet the person where they're at? We do, and then from there, engage them to seek beyond. Mm-hmm. But what I mean by that is the, the common tactic is, all right, uh, embrace them, accept them where they're at. But if you know better as an evangelist, as a catechist, and you know they may be in, in some type of deep thought or engagement that may not be correct and they may not be aware of it, it is our responsibility to pull them away from where they're at and say, you know, have you considered this? Mm-hmm. Have you thought about this related to sin? Have you thought about this related to just why we believe in Christ? Or if you want to deep, dive deeper or further into the person, depending on the situation, so have you considered that Christ just might be truly present in this bread and wine, that once consecrated is the body and blood of our Lord? Or have you considered that sins can be completely remitted if you go to the sacrament of confession, if you're dealing with a fallen away Catholic. So those are the things that, Amanda, that we try to engage. So it's just embrace the person, and then may the person go from a human point of view to a divine. Mm. And that and that's our aim. We want to walk that person to consider the proposal that Christ loves him, and that Christ has something much more richer for his life, and that Christ's proposals, especially on his cross and what he did for us, really uh, presents a new entryway of living and a new way of looking at life in a whole different perspective. That's what you want to get the person to. You want to draw them away from that current status and move towards a, a gradual process of conversion and enlightenment that really is reflective of Christ himself. So then at this point in the conversation, then do is this where we start to kind of mold into the second part, the gospel? Absolutely, because now your actions must be relevant to him or her, and that relevance must come from the Word of God. So how you live out the gospel, how you present it, now they want to say, all right, let me read what you're actually saying. I want to see why is it so important that I should read this. So whether you look at, say, 1 Peter 3.15, where uh, St. Peter is ordering that everything is, is hopeful, that everything I do must be in done hope. If somebody defames my good character, may they be put to shame. Or when you look at, say, Acts chapter 2, and you look at St. Peter's discourse after Pentecost, where it says, men of both Jew and Gentile persuasion, listen to me what I will proclaim to you, what you've just heard and seen, all right? And then he recounts the entire salvific event of Christ. And so now he's putting words into the action, and that's what the gospel does. The, 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 the beauty of divine revelation is it is listen to the Word of God, reading it, after witnessing what had just occurred. And so that's that's the distinction of why this beauty of sacred scripture is so important to us, because it unleashes the grace and mercy of God through His Son in words. And now we can reflect on that in such a beautiful way, which leads to an invitation, which would be the third part. This is, this is how we begin to assess the person and say, look, would you consider reading more about this gospel? And actually, would you like to come with me to pray and discern this even more? That's where the invitation becomes more natural to the person after they've seen you express it, live it, pray it, and then from there it becomes appealing, hopefully. Mm. So the third part is invitation and commitment. This mm-hmm. commitment part, is that on our behalf as walking this person through, or are we asking them to make a commitment? It's actually both, mm. um, the, the, and the commitment is on different levels. From our end, are we going to reflect the example of the apostles and the disciples. We need to be a constant uh, reminder for the person who wants to commit to Christ or is willing to listen to see, will you be what I read in Scripture? Are you representative of this Christ? Are you representative 
of St. Peter or St. John because they want proof. They want to know that the Word actually has some type of substance to it. Uh, it's almost as if, all right, are, are you credible? Mm-hmm. Are your motives credible? And so from their part, the commitment is this, is saying, yes, yeah, I will walk with you. I may not completely commit, but I'm open to listening and to learning more about this concept of, of Christ, the gospel, Jesus, salvation. And so that's their initial commitment. But it's very important that we present a, a very visible and real example of, of our life, of our witness of faith to this person, because they're looking towards us for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to be willing to walk with them. Is Absolutely. That, is that then when we get to the fourth part of follow-up? Correct. You can look at it from this perspective. Uh, if For our listeners out there, the term mystagogical in, in the entire RCA or OCI process means that the person will continue to seek conversion after being received into the Church. And that part of the responsibility is a sponsor or the disciple or uh, a member of the Church community that will walk with him or her and continue to help them grow and manifest a love of Christ in their heart. And that, that heart of hearts will continue to grow and really be shared to others. And so the follow-up is a continued process of conversion. So you, you never leave the person alone. And so Christ being infinite, He always is with us. I think, and look at it from this perspective, the follow-up is also really our guardian angel. God conditioned and partitioned a guardian angel for every single one of us so that we are never left alone. And so our follow-up is really that, is like we walk with this person to assure him or her that we're going to be a guide, that we are there to uh, minister to them, that we're to accommodate to them in a holy way until leading to conversion. Because the, the aim, Amanda, is this, help the person walk away from sin and see Christ. And, and this is all part of the evangelization process. It's not just having uh, a euphoria or a spiritual euphoria or a high. It means I address sin, I see for what it is, and I want nothing. I want no part of it. All I want is Christ himself. And if the means of that is being a member of the One Holy Catholic Apostolic Church, and if that means being not sacramentalized, but a a living, breathing, sacramental people that embraces the cross, then that's it for me, and I want it. And and that's part of the Mm follow-up. Dr. Marlon Delatore here in the cafe with us. We're talking about these uh, four steps uh, in the evangelization process. And, uh, Doctor, it really is then rinse and repeat, right? We go through those those steps continually. That's that's what ongoing conversion is all about. So you continue to have introduction, the gospel, the invitation, the commitment, and follow-up. Do it again. Ab- Do absolutely. it again. It's absolutely. You're right, Dave. It's over and over and over again. And well, especially now going into Lent, beginning tomorrow, Ash Wednesday, is that opportunity um, to go deeper in the areas of our lives where we, where we need to convert, transform, uh, what a wonderful uh, time of the year to to make these commitments. Absolutely. And if, if there's two underlying themes for all this, especially as we prepare for Lent, it's one of time and awareness. And what I mean by that is uh, in Lent, we tend to want to take on uh, either a sacrifice or give something up. But I think what's more, most important about the time during Lent, as it's a revelation of the mystery of Christ, of his life and death and resurrection, it's a pastoral mystery, Give him time. Give him time in your daily life. Increase your prayer time. Increase your time in your awareness of him. Uh, the more time you give of him, the less you're distracted by other things, or the less time you give the devil to distract you. Uh, and that's one. And then awareness, really, now you see what he's done for you. 
and the anticipation of Palm Sunday becomes even greater in your personal life. And then the reflection of Holy becomes even more significant because now you see why he came. And so I think time to uh, tie with awareness is, is very key, and really that's really part of the summation of the gospel as well. And thank you for making time for us, Doctor. Amen. And we make time for us again next Tuesday? Absolutely. I've got a pencil in. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Marlon Delatore, the Senior Director of Evangelization for the Diocese of Columbus. We'll talk to you next week. God bless you both. God bless you. Coming up next, we're going to be joined here in the cafe by Father Daniel Bowen, and we're talking about the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Stay with us. O good Jesus, you are the Most High God, everlasting and always living. You have shown us the way to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. We implore thy most sacred heart to have mercy on us in this time of need. Bless and protect the vulnerable. Give hope to all and fill our hearts with confidence in your divine mercy. Be our joy in the midst of suffering and our stability in the midst of uncertainty. Your forgiveness we seek, your love we need, your protection we implore. Forgive our sins and heal our wounds. Strengthen any weakness of faith and make us strong so as to give witness to your glory. Keep far from us any illness, pestilence, or harm. You are our refuge. You are our comfort. You are our hope. Through the intercession of Our Lady, health of the sick, we come to your most sacred heart and beseech your protection and blessing. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen. What do quasi-Christian sects like Jehovah's Witnesses and Star Wars have in common? They all talk about a force. For these sects, the impersonal force is the Holy Spirit. They believe this because in John 14, 26, the Greek word for spirit, pneuma, is neuter, as opposed to personal terms like father and son. So how do we respond? Well, first, if we hold to this line of reasoning, we're going to have to say God himself is an impersonal force because he's referred to as spirit in John 4:24. But these sects wouldn't want to make that conclusion. Second, the verse that's used in the objection says of the Holy Spirit, he will teach you all things. Folks, impersonal forces don't teach. So the Holy Spirit is not some impersonal force. He's a person that we can have a relationship with. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Hi friends, welcome back to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and that gentleman over there wearing white, Father Daniel Bowen. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> welcome back to the cafe. Thank you. Thank How's you your coffee? to be here. Oh, it's hot and delicious. And you have it in your AM820 mug. I have it in my we AM820. We yes. so loved. Free Everyone refills. should have an AM820 Catholic <laughs> radio mug. <laughs> Good to see you, Father. Good to be seen. Thank you. Glad to be here once again. Yeah, as we head into Lent tomorrow with Ash Wednesday, we thought it would be a good opportunity to talk about the Sacrament of Reconciliation especially um, with all the wonderful opportunities we have for the sacrament during um, the season of Lent coming up with the men's and women's conferences. Many of our parishes, if not all of them, add additional reconciliation services and times for uh, confession. So let's talk confession. 
Absolutely. That'd be a great thing to do. And of course, yeah, especially coming into this holy sacred season of Lent, right? There's that increased emphasis for us to uh, focus in on the things of the Lord and the things of heaven. And it, by way, especially of the, the three hallmark moments, right, of increased prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And uh, partner with that, of course, is going to be some good self-exploration into who we are, what we're doing in our life. And again, where we're perhaps missing the mark or a little bit off target to kind of refocus and reset. And that's where this sacrament is particularly poised. Um, so, and this is a, a, there's a great treatment on the subject, of course, in our, in our catechism of the Catholic Church. So you'd want to, of course, grab that resource to yeah. take a look. Uh, beginning in paragraphs 1420 is a whole section on the sacrament, which is in the area of healing, which is fascinating because we might not think that, but we do need to think that. Um, well, but, typically now the church says two sacraments of healing. Correct. Anointing of the sick and the sacrament of reconciliation. That's right. But looking deeply into you, all the sacraments, they all have healing properties. Absolutely right. Because again, they are all instituted in order to bring God's grace to us. You know, the first mm-hmm. opening door to that, of course, is baptism. Um, and uh, the other sacraments of initiation, confirmation or chrismation, of course, if you're an Eastern Catholic, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, of course, the Holy Eucharist, right? So these are important uh, in, in helping us to stay the target, uh, to begin that door opened to us to go deeper uh, to grow f- deeper in love with God and our neighbor. Um, so there's a little introduction given to us in the official book of the Order of Penance. I thought I might read a little from book. this book, this book that probably only maybe your priest has in the sacristy, <laughs> but I, I think it gives some good things and we can use it as a springboard to get a better understanding of this uh, beautiful sacrament. So it begins as such. The Father has shown his mercy by reconciling the world to himself in Christ, making peace by the blood of his cross with all things, whether on earth or in heaven. The Son of God made man, dwelt among us so that he might free us from slavery to sin and call us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He therefore began his work on earth by preaching repentance and saying, this is Mark chapter 1, verse 15, repent and believe in the gospel. This invitation to repentance, which had often been preached by the prophets, prepared our hearts for the coming of the kingdom of God through the voice of John the Baptist, who came preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus, however, not only exhorted people to repent so as to leave their sins behind and turn to the Lord with all their heart, but he also welcomed sinners and reconciled them with the Father. In addition, he healed the sick, thus giving a sign of his power to forgive sins. Finally, he himself died for our sins and rose again for our justification. Furthermore, on the night he was betrayed, beginning his saving passion, he instituted the sacrifice of the new covenant in his blood for the forgiveness of sins. After his resurrection, he sent the Holy Spirit on the apostles that they might have power to forgive sins or retain them and might receive the office of preaching repentance and forgiveness of sins 
to all the nations in his name. To Peter the Lord it said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven, that being Matthew 16, 19. Obedient to the command of the Lord, on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached the forgiveness of sins through baptism, saying, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Since then, the church has never failed to call people from sin to conversion and to reveal the victory of Christ over sin through the celebration of penance. That is outstanding. I mean, that has, what a great overview and summary of right? um, of the gospel itself. And it ties in nicely to what we were uh, speaking with Dr. Marlin about, too, in Acts uh, chapter 2. Oh, it's um, all connected. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Actually, what I, I was struck by the very beginning, uh, Father, where you had read reconciling the world to himself through Christ, and, and then Christ came and preached repentance, repent and believe. And so help me out here, Father, but it, it sounds like there's for sure a fundamental basis of repenting and believing in order to be reconciled. Absolutely. And again, you go back to the Garden of Adam and Eve, right? Which explains to us how, again, God's initial design was that man, again, mankind, man and woman, right? That's the totality uh, of the human, uh, was in harmony with God. And we're meant to be in this relationship for all eternity. But again, through original sin, right? There's this brokenness, this, this turning away from God, an introduction of bringing sin into, into the in existence in the world. And because of that, we were, in a sense, apart from God, right? And we know the, the casting out of, of Adam and Eve from the garden, from that life of perfection and harmony and peace and joy. Uh, but even still, God did not give up, right? There was mm. a plan in place, a plan to save his people, particularly through the chosen people, right? And sending them prophets, uh, including Moses, giving, giving them the law of do's and don'ts, 10 commandments, right? And preparing them particularly for the ultimate, which was Jesus Christ. The word made flesh a second person of the most holy trinity uh, to, to preach this repentance and forgiveness and to give be the definitive way by which man could be reconciled back to God. Mm-hmm. And again, right, Jesus then establishing this church, right, that would continue that work forward uh, in time. Yeah. And and he not only tells us, Christ not only tells us that he has the power to forgive sins, but like you said, he he showed that he has the power to forgive sins through the hearing, healing and miracles that he did so as to bolster people's faith and let yeah. them know, I, yeah, I am the son of God. <laughs> Deeds and words, right? And the actions and thank God, right, for the gift of sacred scripture that captures those for us. You know, mm-hmm. read the gospels, right? When we're in a sense of, oh, I don't know if I can believe, open that and read and see uh, what God did and is continuing to do down to this very day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're we're laying out the uh, scriptural uh, basis for the sacrament of confession with uh, Father Daniel Bowen, Mercedarian priest here in the Diocese of Columbus, serving at Holy Family Parish. Now, it goes by different names, um, sacrament of confession, penance, 
reconciliation. I think I prefer reconciliation. Um, There's a whole variety, Dave. In fact, uh, paragraphs 14, 23, and 24, if I might, it actually gives a bunch of them, and it gives a little nugget for each. Uh, it, uh, so it says here, it is called the sacrament of conversion mm-hmm. because it makes sacramentally present Jesus' call to conversion, the first step in returning to the Father from whom one has strayed by sin. It is called the sacrament of penance, since it consecrates the Christian sinner's personal and ecclesial steps of conversion, penance, and satisfaction. It is called the sacrament of confession, since the disclosure or confession of sins to a priest is an essential element of this sacrament. In a profound sense, it is also a confession, acknowledgement, and praise of the holiness of God and of his mercy towards sinful man. It is called the sacrament of forgiveness. Since the priest's sacramental absolution, God grants the penitent pardon and peace. And lastly, it is called the sacrament of reconciliation because it imparts to the sinner the love of God who reconciles. Be reconciled to God. He who lives by God's merciful love is ready to respond to the Lord's call. Go, first be reconciled, to your brother. Mm-hmm. Father Daniel Bowen, that's um, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1423 and 1424. Well worth revisiting. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, your, your, your last statement there, Father, um, the reconciliation with your brother. Also, that, that was a real powerful moment for me when I understood that it wasn't just um, my reconciliation with, with Christ, but I'm also helping to heal the body of Christ, the entire mystical body, that my sins, while they're personal, they're never private. And by my sins, by my separating myself from God's love, harms the entire body. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Because sin is an offense committed against God, which disrupts, disrupts our friendship with him, Repentance ultimately implies that we should love God and trust ourselves completely to him. The sinner, therefore, by the grace of a merciful God, enters on the way of repentance, returns to the Father who loved us first, to Christ who has given himself up for us, and to the Holy Spirit who has been poured out upon us in abundance. But there reigns among people, by the hidden and benign mystery of the divine will, a supernatural solidarity, whereby the sin of one harms the others, just as the holiness of one also benefits the others. And so repentance also and always carries with it reconciliation with one's brothers and sisters to whom sin always causes harm. Hmm. How can we understand that supernatural solidarity? This idea of that my, what we think as maybe a personal sin actually does affect my brothers and sisters. Right. So our Lord talks about the vine, Mm. right? Right. Being the branches of the vine, you know, the concept of us being one through our baptism, we have been brought into, right. The life of the divine, uh, so the grafted on Mm. to, in a sense, we could say that's how we're able to come before the father as sons and daughters, uh, 
aligned with Jesus. So as being part of the body of Christ, we could think about like, you know, all right, if I get cancer in my body, you know, it's going to affect my whole body in one way, shape or form, you know, and we need to seek treatment, right, Mm -hmm. for that. So sin in the same way, sin anywhere, even a little bit of it is, is in a sense causing harm to the body, all of it, you know, and uh, so hence how it is so important for us to recognize that even as, oh, well, you know, I did this little thing, nobody knows, God knows, and but so do your brothers and sisters, those that are particularly attentive to the ways of God sometimes can know there's been some saints and you read throughout some of them, they can almost smell sin on people. <laughs> but again, it's a sensitivity that God grants to some, you know, when something's not right, we we're we're meant to, again, we do this life together. Yeah. It's not something me and Jesus, but right. we're, we're all together. But in the same way that holiness, right? If we are striving to be holy, that affects everybody as well. Right. Yeah. And I, I suppose also if we're in entrenched in sin and cut off from God, that the Holy Spirit can't work freely through me to minister to my brothers and sisters. And so, yes, others would naturally be affected. Absolutely right. And if you're away from the church, um, and again, for whatever reasons, the church is not as complete as she should be without you being there and being fully engaged and active. It's like missing a body part. It is. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Wow. And the means yeah. to get back is go to confession. Mm-hmm. Right? And and but just to say this, because it's come on my heart in this moment, because many perhaps are away from the sacrament for whatever reason. And again, if that reason was ever that a priest was mean or cruel to you in the confessional, on behalf of the church, I apologize to you right here and right now. This is a sacrament of healing. This is a sacrament of God's great mercy and love. And it should always be that kind of an experience for you. Mm -hmm. And again, if that's the reason that you've been away, please pray and come back home to the church. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know where to go to confession, Holy Family Church on West Broad Street in Columbus, where we offer it every day before mass, we'll be happy to hear your confession. Whether you've been away from the sacrament for a week or uh, a a decade or decades or however long it's been, please come home. Mm. Amen. In our final uh, 14 minutes or so, Father Daniel Bowen, we're going through, let's go through the, um, how to make a good confession. Uh, So there are a number of different resources, aids, so to speak, of how to make a good confession. I have in front of me the Fathers of Mercy uh, pamphlet. These these are used a lot at the women's and men's conferences. It's a very good resource. Yeah, absolutely. And I love this prayer before confession. So let's let's start here. Come Holy Spirit, enlighten my mind that I may clearly know my sins. Move my heart that I may be sincerely sorry for them, honestly confess them, and firmly resolve to amend my life. Spirit of wisdom, grant me to see the malice of sin in my ingratitude toward you. The all-loving God, spirit of fortitude, help me to make whatever sacrifice is needed to avoid sin in the future. Amen. So this leads us into an examination of conscience. That's a great prayer. And then I might also add one other prayer to Our Lady, Mm. spouse of the Holy Spirit, Mm. in praying 
something of this fashion, Mary, mother of Jesus and my mother. Your son died on a cross for me. Help me to confess my sins humbly and with trust in the mercy of God that I may receive his pardon and peace. Amen. Amen. You can't go wrong. No. By going to the Holy Spirit and Mary yeah. before uh, going to this this beautiful, wonderful sacrament of healing, sacrament of reconciliation, confession, penance, forgiveness, all the above. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the examination, uh, again. A number of different ways to go about it. A number of different it. ways you can go about it. Uh, there's great resources online, um, so you can find them there. Um Generally, you want to bounce things off of the Ten Commandments, all right, um, or the Beatitudes. Or, or that's two good ways. And, of course, the precepts of the church. So um, taking a look at those uh, and walking through them can, ha- can be enlightening to, to see where perhaps we've missed the mark in some areas. Because, again, we want to try to bring all sin. The goal is not to just to bring some sin. We want to be rid of all of it, you know. We wouldn't want to say, well, I just want to get rid of some of the cancer. We want it all gone so that we can be completely and fully healthy. So um, to give a sense of um, some some of this, maybe uh, just to walk through a little bit some uh, to say. Uh, so, so examination of conscience. We might say, ask ourselves, did I deny or doubt God's existence, right? That can be very easy today in today's uh, society, which seems to be always often pushing God out of every area. Mm. And, and that would be thoughts, words, and actions, right? Yeah, right, right. Uh, did I refuse to believe God's revelation, right? Uh, do I think it's just a fairy tale? Have I somehow lost that 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 um, great profound belief we had perhaps as a child when we first received our first Holy Communion? Maybe somehow we've we've drifted away from, from that. Um, do I, did I believe in, in or use horoscopes or fortune-telling, good luck charms, tarot cards, Ouija boards, reincarnation, all these other things that somehow uh, want to give us some angle of things versus coming to the living God? Um, did I deny that I was a Catholic? Hmm. Um, did I abandon the Catholic faith, faith for any reason or any period of time? Did I despair or presume on God's mercy? Did I neglect prayer for a long time? You know, um, ideally we're praying every day, right? Uh, uh, and throughout the day, you know, um, did, uh, did I fail to pray daily? Okay, so that, right, that leads to that. Did I blaspheme God or take God's name in vain? Curse or break an oath or a vow? Sometimes we, we can be so, uh, the culture I think has lost a great sense in some ways uh, on this point. Um, uh, did I miss mass on Sunday or a holy day of obligation through my own fault? You know, uh, God asks that we come to, to church on Sunday, right? Or it could be Saturday evening, the vigil uh, and the holy days. So, you know, we want to make sure we're at least doing that. Am I always reverent in the presence of the most blessed sacrament, right? The real presence of Christ. Um, was I voluntarily inattentive at mass? Did I arrive at Mass late through my own fault? Did I leave Mass early before the priest is given the final blessing? Did I do unnecessary servile work on Sunday, the Lord's Day? Did I disobey or disrespect my parents or legitimate superiors? Have I failed to educate myself concerning the teachings of the church? A great way uh, is to tune into AM820, 
St. Gabriel Radio, mm-hmm. right? It's just there, right, coming through the airwaves and can lead us to go deeper. Um, did I give a fair wage to my employer my empl- or my employee, depending if you are mm-hmm. a business owner uh, or manager or if you are one employed by them, right? So many different uh, um, uh, things that we can consider, right, in this. Um, and did I contribute to anyone's abandoning of the Catholic faith? You know, we want to help people to remain Catholic, to become Catholic, not to uh, to leave the church. Did I physically injure or kill someone? Right? There's the physical, but it could also be mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Right? We shall not kill. Right? Um, uh, did I attempt suicide, physical harm, physically harm myself, uh, anything in those areas? Do I willfully entertain impure thoughts and desires, right? How about my dress? Did I dress immodestly or provocatively? Um, did I deliberately look at impure television, internet, plays, pictures, or movies, right? Um, so, so many different things to consider, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. an examination is important for us. And really, the, the, the ideal would be to get into where we're doing this every day at the end of the day. The first moment of the day, if we can wake up and say, Lord God, thank you for the gift of another day. Be with me in every moment and help me to conform my will to your holy will. You know, to set the day off in that way. But then at the end of the day, all right, God, how did I do? Let's walk through my day, not to beat me up. But mm-hmm. to also give me encouragement, you know, and just just to kind of replay in your mind throughout the day, you know, did I, I show up to work on time? Check. Good. I was attentive to work. That one customer that was really irritating, I took the time to help them, you know, and and um, not just blow them off or be, you know, be, uh, God forbid, mean or, or un, unkind to them. You know, these kind of things can be helpful for us to grow in our walk with our Lord. We're talking about preparing for the Sacrament of Reconciliation with Father Daniel Bowen. In the final five minutes, Father, obviously it's best to prepare, do this examination in in advance of even getting in line for, for a confession. We shouldn't lose, um, sight of the priest is there to reconcile us. That's absolutely right. right. And, and, and to make us whole. That's it. This is really between you and God. Mm-hmm. And the, the priest is the minister that God works mm-hmm. through. Again, that's why. And will help us where we that, need help. That's right. Going. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know what to do, don't be afraid. Don't let that be the reason that you stay away from confession. Don't ever, because the devil loves to play that one. Oh, you couldn't go. It's been so long. The priest doesn't want to hear that. The priest wants to hear everything that you have to say, you know, and to guide and support you uh, back closer to him. Well, Father, there's a real sacramental grace that happens in the confessional. Could you just briefly tell us what literally happens to the soul when we confess our sins? Yeah, there's the beautiful thing of it, right? It, it again, through the action and the power of the Holy Spirit, it's cleansing you. It's cleansing your soul, taking away those sins, right? And the place where they've been kind of residing, we could even say festering, Mm -hmm. right? Now is God's grace filling that space to give you life, to give you courage, to give you renewal, to give you the things that God, the good things that God needs you to help you in your life, right? So this is why we want this. It's a beautiful thing. It's a good thing. And um, it's going to help us to be true people of love 
right, and charity uh, and loving God. It's saying to God, I love you most above all things. I am inviting you into my life more. Again, we all have uh, uh, brokenness. We have healing that needs to be done. Some things can be in a moment. Sometimes it takes a while. (laughs) And Hmm. God is patient and will work with us. Again, our whole journey in this life is to move from being selfish to being selfless. Sometimes it's leaps and bounds. Other times there can be a step back. But our God, especially in making use of this great sacrament, uh, it also then will prepare us to receive the most holy Eucharist most efficaciously, right? The grace is then given in the holy Eucharist then can more fulfill us, again, connecting us, drinking Christ's body and blood, renewing us, intermingling his body and blood with us. There's a physical, right, in a sense, uh, reality, but also that deeper spiritual reality of becoming one with Christ, becoming other Christ, and then being able to go forward to bring him to others, bringing the light into the darkness, as we might say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In the final minute, uh, Father Bowen, your as a priest of Jesus Christ, it just must be awesome to grant absolution. Absolutely. Probably after uh, the Mass, right? Uh, how, what God is able to do in the words and actions that I speak to confect the Eucharist, the second, uh, or I don't know, maybe they're even neck and neck, would mm. be that prayer of absolution. When, when a soul is reconciled back to God, they're, they're, I, I, you couldn't even really put words. It's so beautiful and moving um it's it's this is who god is love love that gives another chance Mm. where maybe no one else ever would god will love will Mm. right and uh to to have a front row seat in that uh (laughs) it's worth it (laughs) and that should quench any of our fears right that this is the sacrament of mercy and love. absolutely right yes this is not about beating you up or being mean no no, it should never be that. And again, if it's ever that, say thank you, Father, leave and go to another priest. Well, and, and obviously, thank you for the, all, all these words, uh, Father. It shouldn't be about that for each of us either. It shouldn't yeah. be about beating us, no. ourselves up and being anxious or scared. Um, it's about the reconciliation. Amen. It's about the forgiveness. It's about uh, God's mercy mm. so available to us. Amen. So. Father Daniel Bowen, thank you for being in the cafe with us today. You're welcome. How about a blessing? Absolutely, please. May the God of peace fill your hearts with every good thing, that strengthened by divine hope and conciliation, and living according to his will, you may attain to eternal salvation. May Almighty God bestow upon you these and all good things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We'll be back with Kevin Lowry and Macy Becker tomorrow here in the St. Gabriel Cafe. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the beginning, beginning. is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. See you tomorrow morning.